Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of The Register. I'm Caleb. I'm Blake. And we're going to talk about another album. Today is um, super interesting. I think this may be uh, the deepest dive that we've taken so far. And this may be the most complex album that we've talked about. It is. It There's is no, for sure. It may be. There, it is. Uh, this is a concept album, which is not like a typical album, uh, meaning every song um, relates to another, and it basically tells a story from start to finish. And that, to me, is super interesting that bands can pull it off, and it sounds as good as it does and keeps... Uh, at least me interested in everything else like but anyway um today we're going to talk about the mars volta who formed in 2001 and they formed because at the drive-in who we listened to on the last episode and talked about uh they broke up and they split they split up and they formed two bands being the mars volta and sparta which we will get into sparta uh on a future episode today we're talking about the mars volta they're, of course, they're just like at the drive-in, they formed out of El Paso, Texas, um, but they took like a more uh, psychedelic turn, uh, more exper- experimental rock as opposed to like post-hardcore, like less punk kind of sounding. Um, way more Latin-influenced sounds mm-hmm. on this album, for sure. Uh, today's album... Uh, is deloused in the comatorium and it came out in 2003 it's about 61 minutes long and to me it it feels like it's longer than that when you sit down and listen to it it's a it's a long (laughs) album no honestly i thought the same exact thing yeah i'm used to like 30 35 minutes and like okay cool yeah this is double that you know and uh but there's a like i said they're telling a whole story here uh and this album actually has a book that coincides with uh, the album, yeah, and tells like the story. Um, but a couple things ab- about the album that I didn't really know. I I may have known, but forgotten about. But um, their bass player died. Yes, and Flea took over playing bass on the album. I read that he didn't he like fall into a coma. He woke up and then killed himself. Is that how that went? Different guy. Different guy? Yeah. Well, then who's the other guy who died? We're going to get to that. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> but this play, I, I don't know. I don't remember how this guy died, but he died. He This guy died uh, in like 2001, 2002, something mm. like that. So anyway, Fleet, Fleet took over playing bass on the album, which is really cool. And uh, listening to the album like deeply like I did last night and this morning, uh, you can hear that it's Fleet mm-hmm. playing bass if you're familiar with his work in Red Hot Chili Peppers and other bands like that. And then also uh, Rick Rubin co-produced this album with um, the guitar player. Rick Rubin is most notably for like uh, Beastie Boys, Jay-Z, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, wow. So like big, huge, big people. Huge. Johnny Cash. Did I say Johnny Cash? Mm-hmm. Um, big, big, big albums. Um, super famous producer and he does really good work like he'll put bands in a house for like six months and like we're going to record this album like it's it's crazy oh wow like intricate kind of stuff yeah so listening to it again for like the hundredth time i was like wow it makes sense that this album sounds so good and it's put together the way it is Mm -hmm. from a genius basically um so let's jump on into the story um do you have any thoughts before i give my point of view take 
Uh, no, no, I don't, because I, I'm interested to hear your point of view on this, because mm-hmm. um, like we talked about earlier, some of this was like very over my head, or like I just, I didn't really get what they were they were trying to say with their lyrics or whatever, mm-hmm. and there were a couple of songs that I was like, okay, I think I know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but then there were some, and I was, I have no idea what's going on. And to be fair, this is a story... But it is, um, it's part fictional, part uh, real life. and But there are some, like, opaque lyrics that are just used to make the song just like every other band does. Mm-hmm. It just works. It may not mean anything at all, okay. but it works in the song. And one, one thing I did want to ask you, do, do you think this story, like, the, or the album goes in, like, a chronological order, like, follows along with the story? It or? does. Okay. It does. Okay, because some there was a couple songs where I'm like, okay, I know what this one's about, uh-huh. and then I get to another one, and I'm like, well, shouldn't that happen before this? It's it's crazy, and it I may be wrong in some parts. Uh, I need to reread the story probably, um, but as much time as I spend on it, this is what I have. Okay, basically, uh, and it is it's kind of wishy washy, but it is made up. So, okay, you know these are musicians, not. Um, authors. Book authors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> book writers. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's get into it. Okay. Um, this is about a man named Serpentext. That's I, what I thought it was. Serpentext. Serpentext. Yeah, T-A-X-T. Text. Serpentext. Yeah, so that's the main character's name. So uh, this is about a guy who takes a mixture of morphine and rat poison enters a coma, discovers and or hallucinates a visual world featuring uh, timulants, which are uh, devices on um, like a pipe organ, Mm -hmm. which varies wind supply to the pipes, uh, causing amplitude fluctuation, producing tremolo slash vibrato effects, which you hear on this album like when the singer's voice you hear different like v- vibrato effects mm-hmm. and stuff and with the guitars and stuff and that's really interesting yeah so it kind of puts it in like that dream like state like you sound like you're in the dream well, that's one thing i noticed about this ad- album too it was very like you said like dreamlike mm-hmm. like kind of like not so much whimsical but like something along the lines of that word yeah like, yeah i know exactly what you're saying like mm-hmm. you can f- you can feel it like as you're hearing mm-hmm. it. Like it's really they did a really good job at uh, making that possible. Um, so back back to the story. Um, the guy wakes up, doesn't like it here in the now world where we live, and ends his life by jumping off a bridge. And we'll get into that as the story okay. un- unfurls. Okay, good. All right. So the first song. Um, I may not, I'm not good at pronouncing this stuff. Oh. I don't know pronunciations, but we're just going to go with it. Yeah. You can look it up yourself if you think I'm wrong, uh, which I probably am. But uh, Sonnet Lumiere. Lumiere. Lumi, Lumiere. Lumiere. Sonnet Lumiere. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what I found is that uh, translates roughly to sound and light show, which would be a dream, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so we open up right from the bat. Dude's poisoned, poisoned himself. Uh, he attempts suicide, and uh, one of the first songs or lines in the song is, um, "I'm not the percent you think survives." 
So he's telling you he killed himself. Yeah. Basically. Like, right from the get-go. So it's like, okay, here we go. This is it. Um, then this song basically just flows into the next song. It's almost like it's one yes. song. It's yeah. very, very seamless. And when they play it live, uh, they pretty much play it together. Yeah, I saw that when I uh, watched the a YouTube video uh, of this live. It, like, just... F- Flow, it, yeah. it was like part of the song. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes us to right right into the second song. Um, what? Inertic? Inertiatic. Oh, inertiatic. Mm-hmm. Okay, inertiatic ESP. That yeah, makes and sense. you know what's funny? I, I j- I've never been able to pronounce this word. And I inertiatic. just I just looked at it and I was yeah. like, oh my God, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, without hearing it said, I would not have made that pronunciation, but it makes complete sense. Inertiatic ESP. Like inertia. That's, yeah. 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 Uh, so the, this opens up, now I'm lost. So he's straight up again telling you, I'm lost in this world. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, super crazy song. Is this the, your favorite song yes. on the album? Yes. It's hands down my favorite song on the album and honestly I told you the other day like this is like in my top 10 Mm. favorite songs ever Mm -hmm. I changed my mind okay it's in my top five favorite songs ever oh wow I I don't know what it is about it but it's really good that's what it's about (laughs) it is it really is really good it's like whenever I listen to it I I cannot turn it up loud enough Mm -hmm. it's it just hits all the buttons for me. Yeah, uh, the band is really, really good. But um, the singer Cedric, uh, his voice is incredible. It really is. It was really good in at the drive-in, but the production value wasn't as good. And when they made this album, um, they really made his voice stand out, and it was really well produced. And you know, it was weird to me in at the drive-in. I really didn't pick up on. Like those really high notes mm-hmm. that he hits oh, he's, that are so prevalent. His range is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great song. Yeah, you're right. It, I, it is, honestly, it I have is nothing, fabulous. nothing bad to say about it. Mm. I remember when I first got the album, it was kind of hard for me to get past that first song. I was like, check this out. Everybody, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, no. The first time I heard it, I was like, this is it. This is my favorite <laughs> song. I yeah. love it. It's really good. Um, all right, and this album, it really flows, so it takes us right into the third, third song, um, Roulette Dare, uh, parentheses, The Haunt Of. Mm-hmm. This this might be one of my favorite songs on the album. It's really good. It's probably one yeah. or two of my favorite songs. I think, I think this one was like maybe my second favorite mm-hmm. on the album. It has a really um, haunting opening, like echoing sound, like you're in like this desolate dream world place and it really like sets the stage for what's about to happen mm-hmm. um, in this guy's like visions, dreams, whatever discoveries um, banger of a chorus uh, love it uh, what seems to be like complete chaos in some parts of the song and then it slides into like this almost like jazz type break and it goes back into the chorus and has these like psychedelic solos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the chorus is so good it reigns you back in and I feel like this could be I don't I'm not sure if this was a single or not, but it, this sounds like something that could be on the radio. Yeah, like that's that's what I thought too. It was it was easy to listen to. Um 
if you don't really enjoy music like this. Yeah, I really like um, the bridge, and I really like the chorus a lot. Now, what did you think this song was about? Because I kind of had an idea. Mm, go uh, ahead. Okay, so um, the exoskeletal junction mm-hmm. at the railroad delayed. I, and then like in in a later part of the song, he talks about like a specter, yeah, like a ghost. To me, this was like. He's moving to like somewhere. He's going to like the afterlife yeah. or something. That's what I gathered mm-hmm. from it. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And um, this uh, in this person's dream, um, they go to multiple places because it's a dream. I mean, oh, okay. Oh shit. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, it's about them traveling. Okay, cool. Um, so it's kind of weird if you've ever had a crazy dream, like you feel like you're awake sometimes, and it, or sometimes it's like so real, like you feel like you're in the dream. And I think this is kind of what he's experiencing. Um, he may not think that he's in a coma, or he may he may not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think he thinks he is, but that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think he knows that he's dreaming, or is it like one of those dreams? It seems like he does, because he likes it so much. Okay. It goes on to kind of explain. Um, the fourth song, uh, I do not like pronouncing these at all. I feel okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Okay, Tira me alas aranas aranas. I don't know. That's I'm as not, good as I could do. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, one of the instrumental songs on the album, and it's a short song, but it um, kind of just helps the album flow along. And that loosely translates um, Throw Me to the Spiders. Oh, that's scary. It is. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't know if it means anything. But again, it's a dream, and that sounds like a typical dream. Yeah. <laughs> Being thrown to something that you're terrified of. But did you like this song? Yeah, I like it. I like I like um, every song on this album. There's not one I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love all of them, but I like all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this song, I feel like it's, uh, this is kind of where everything starts to spiral out of control. And I think that's with the guitars and everything. You're like, what is going on? You're right. Cause it gets <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think their sound like we've described before without the driving was chaos, mm-hmm. but as this goes on, it gets progressively more and more chaotic. It does. There are multiple layers of, um, congas and um shakers and maracas and um all the songs have like weird time signatures and um it's just a lot it can be a lot to uh, absorb yeah i agree and it's not for everyone i can't just throw this album on any particular time like i have to be in the mood for it i trust me i 100 percent agree with that um it was hard for me you know because like my favorite song is the second song on the album, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yeah, how do I get past that?" Yeah, how do mm-hmm. I get past this? And um, I tried listening to it earlier in the week, and I'm like, "I cannot get past this song." Yeah, I just want to keep listening to it over and over again, but I made it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so after that um, short instrumental, it goes into the fifth song, um, "Drunken Ship of Lanterns," and. Uh, this song is really intense. It comes in really hard with that Latin feel, uh, feel, sorry. And uh, 
you know, he's he's definitely lost now, like we described, uh, going like further down the spiral. Um, one of the lyrics that really stands out is, is anybody there? It, yeah. it says it like over and over again. And this song is really cool because I don't know if you noticed or not, like in headphones, the vocals pan like yes. in one way. And it's like, this. I'm in this dream with yeah. this guy. And uh, that's really cool. It's really, really, really well produced. And um, uh, it has like a, this song has like a drum loop uh, like interlude thing and then um, a super awesome like outro. A um, lot of instrumentation here. And that's why I feel like it's not your typical like pop song that's like three minutes long. Some of these songs are like seven minutes almost. Listen, there was one song. Okay, never mind. I'll save it until we get to that song because I was like, oh, God. But I have to tell you mm-hmm. what I thought of this song. Okay. Okay. So what I gathered or like what I heard when I was listening to it mm-hmm. is it seemed like the beginning of the song was one song. Mm-hmm. Halfway through that song, it's a completely different song. Yeah. And then the end of that song was those two songs put together to make a whole song it comes back around yeah. if that makes any sense yeah it, it was weird for me how it switched up like that but then like came together in the end like tying both of those really two different like two minutes of the song or two minute sections of the song to make the end of the song yeah and he's talking about again he's talking about being on a craft again and, going like somewhere else uh Rust propeller is a weight. Um, nobody's heard. Compass uh, wilting in the wind. And mm-hmm. then backwards, he sings, don't turn back, don't turn back, don't turn back. Uh, nobody's heard. Um, pretty crazy. What do you think a shelf of pig smothered cries is? Because <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what that means. Uh, I don't either. But again, that might be just one of those things that he wrote to put in the song I mean I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say these guys uh, were doing some hallucinogens when they were writing this <laughs> no I agree cause some of the stuff I was like what is that it's yeah, like yeah. you guys okay uh, I'm not for certain and I'm not saying that they did do that but that's just my hot take on it yeah um, you know uh, anyway let's keep keep things uh, moving here uh, sixth song uh, you wanna try to pronounce this one because this is a this is a character's name. Uh, six song. Araya Tarka, Araya Tarka, Araya Tarka. Yeah, Araya Tarka. I think that's a character's name in the song, and uh, it's actually short for Arataka House of Facial and Muscular Corrections, Doctor Wolfram. Huh. Uh, Tarrant, M.D. What is that? That's a doctor. A uh, doctor? Yeah. Okay. So in this dream, this guy goes to this place. There's a doctor. Um, he has dog, multiple dog heads for hands. God, that would suck. Yeah. They gnaw, rip flesh, and then lick the wounds. And his saliva has healing powers. I don't like that. The song slows... And the patient, Serpent, going back to the main character, mm-hmm. has wings now. He realizes he has wings. Serpent transports, going on to another place after this doctor's like 
done whatever to him. Okay. I like it. This was a really good song to me. Um, hmm. I was really confused with this song, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, specifically, my note says, what does this mean? Like, happened on a respirator in a basement. Yeah. Um, He's talking about being in the comatorium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, I thought this song was really pretty. Yeah. Like, it was just like a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the end, and it's like, just chaos right again. It's kind of cool how they use this. Uh, Hadn't found the speaking so wrong. Is it wrong of Pavlov lore? Pavlov was the famous psychologist. Oh, the, the dogs, the bell, yeah. and the snack. Okay, cool. That makes sense now. Yeah, I get it. He has uh, dog heads for hands. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. This is a really uh, twisted dream. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he was talking about being on the respirator. Uh, where is everybody gone? You know? So he, I think he knows that he's in this, this dream like coma state or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Serpent Transports. And we move into the next song. Um, okay, here's another ESP song. Oh, fuck. Um, Cicatriz? Cicatriz? Psychatriz? Yeah, ESP. I, I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Your guess is as good as mine. But this goes, this this and the last song connect. Uh, the last song, Serpent Tax, uh, undergoes complex surgery against his will. Oof. And... Uh, turns into another being that has three eyes. Ugh. That sucks. Sent to, he's sent to another country and um, he's considered divine by these people. Huh. Um, long interlude in this song. Very long song. Comes in with strong percussion. 12 minute song. Yeah, it's one of the longest ones on I, the album. I gotta be really honest with you. It was too long for me. Mm-hmm. I lost interest. I think, like, what is it? The first three minutes of <laughs> yeah. the... And yeah. then it's just yeah. music, which is fine. I normally like instrumental stuff. Like, I love listening to Polyphia, but yeah, I did not love this yeah. at all. I, I didn't know if you would or not, and I knew you liked Polyphia, and I was mm-hmm. like, she may like it. Uh, I don't necessarily love all the crazy guitar stuff. I, like I said, I like simple, like, more punk metal songs that mm-hmm. are short but um i can get into this just because it goes on the album i don't know yeah i think if it had uh visuals to go along with it it would probably be more digestible like if it was him like being worshipped by this crowd and you could see like how he's um changed and different things like that you and know that's I mean? that that's the thing maybe if there was like some kind of music video or something mm-hmm. to it i wouldn't have have had such a hard time with it and it was weird to me that I didn't like it because I do love instrumental but not this I was like okay like I you know what honestly I had a hard time getting through it I kept wanting to like just skip forward parts in the song yeah yeah. but you know that being said it does go with the album and like the theme yeah it's very cohesive yeah Mm -hmm. okay so so he's being worshipped he's divine whatever it moves into the next song, the eighth song on the album. Um, this, this apparatus must be unearthed. Mm-hmm. At this point, uh, the main character turns into um, Clavith. God, man, I, I am bad at pronouncing things. Um, Clavithica Tresojos 
Tra- something with eyes? Yeah, three eyes. Three eyes. Oh, Trace. Trace Ojos. Trace Ojos, three eyes. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're left in the desert at this point, and giants take her home. She's now a lady. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. The giants take them back to their home, and uh, the mayor of this place convinces the people to sacrifice their children to prevent... Uh, another character, um, Motileta, maybe, um, from returning, to keep this character from returning. The mayor actually eats the children. Oh, okay. Yeah. It gets really twisted, and it's kind of hard to follow. Um, the remains of uh, Clavitica are burned and buried. Ashes tell... I cannot. Okay, the M, the M lady. Okay. Okay. Who is Eric Tarka? Was Corpin taxed before surgery? This is the last song that the character is in the coma. Okay. I know that's really hard to follow. Yes. It's really it's, weird. It's okay. Keep but going. you, you, you would have to read uh, like the book to really. Uh, digest all this I think okay um, again they're just trying to put this into like short songs mm-hmm. so in anyway uh, th- these people know who that it was the main character before all right and this puts us into the second to last song uh, televators and here's where it all comes back around hold on a second I okay. want to go back to that the apparatus must be on earth sure there that was essentially about religion, wouldn't you say, since they're, like, re- worshipping him? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that's, that's what I gathered, like, from the lyrics. I was like, oh, man, this has got to be mm-hmm. something to do with religion. So it's cool. I'm glad you explained that. Cause... Yeah, and that was a very rough explanation, but it, I mean. It makes sense. It's hard for me to digest as well. Like, I, I don't know. Well, this album is very... Like, a lot of it went over my head. Mm-hmm. It's very... Um, like cryptic? Yeah, cryptic. And what's another word I'm looking for? Um, what's the word, like, when it describes something, but it doesn't? Like, flowery, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, um, some of this stuff may not make any sense at all, but it may have made sense to them while they were writing it. Yeah. You know, this is art, and it's open for interpretation. So moving on to the televators, all right? This is where it, it finally comes back around. This is where it gets uh, dark, but also kind of explains everything. Um, this is a final elegy for Julio Venega, a friend of Cedric and Omar. Those are the singer and the guitar player in the band. Okay. Um, Julio committed suicide in 1996 by leaping from an overpass into a freeway in rush hour traffic. Julio is Serpent Taxed. They wrote the song about him. Okay. Okay. Uh, The album is a fictional account on how he spent his last days in a coma. And the song Televators were pulled back into reality where the fictional narrative matches real life. And one of the lyrics that stands out right away, it's like, this is a beautiful song, by the way, and it's mm-hmm. like maybe my favorite, second favorite song on the album. 
uh, just as he hit the ground. I mean, it just lays it right out there for him. This is what we're talking about, this guy jumping off the bridge. Oh, okay, because that makes more sense because when I was first listening to it, I'm like, is he being, like, buried? Mm-mm, no. They're talking about their friend. They're talking about real life now. Oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's extremely powerful, uh, heartfelt tribute, tribute to their friend. Uh, this isn't the only time they wrote a song about this guy. They wrote uh, on their first EP in the Mars Volta, they wrote a song about him. And there's an At the Drive In song about him, too. So this was a very like beloved friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just taken too soon. I don't know what he had going on in his life to make him commit suicide, but. Um, yeah, that's sad. They obviously care a lot about him. I mean, he's in three of their songs, so mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, but that's kind of cool to find, finally find out, like at the end of the album, that here's the guy we're talking about. Yeah. You know, and we've made all this stuff up. This is what we think he's thinking about. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is neat. I like it. There's uh, one last song in the album, um, Take the Veil, Serpent Text. Uh, here, Serpent has returned to the comatorium with death being impressed but still jeering at him. Um, this was a very at the drive in sounding mm-hmm. song to me. I agreed. I liked it a lot. And uh, I feel like the ninth song could have wrapped things up and they could have left it alone, but I get it. Um, he wasn't happy being here, mm-hmm. and that's what they're saying. Like, he committed suicide and he went back to the comatorium. He was happy being in his dreams and everything like that. And I think that's um, probably their way of um, saying um, he's in a better place. Yeah. I I liked it. I thought, um, I thought it was... Like a strong finish to mm-hmm. the album. It, it is good. It is good. I'm not saying it yeah. wasn't or anything, but, um, um, you know, this is their art, not mine. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. very good, very good, very good way to end the album. And there's actually a bonus song, like an 11th song, but that was only released like in Japan and somewhere else in the world, so I didn't include it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, because I didn't... Yeah, I didn't either. It does explain like a little more, but uh, you could probably go on and on and on and on. You know, mm-hmm. since it is like a fantasy story or whatever. But uh, this gets like an 8 out of 10 for me. I mean, how would you rate it like on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm. You know what? I don't think I was as big a fan as you. Uh-huh. I don't think it was bad. I think it was a cool concept for uh-huh. the album. But I'm going to give it all together like a 6 out of 10. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. No. Especially um, if it's a style of music that you don't necessarily listen to all the time. And honestly, it's really not. Um, really, the only song that I'd heard was the Inertiatic mm-hmm. ESP. And and I'd never really paid attention to anything else. I mean, like, I knew the songs that were, like, really popular, like The Widow and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, that's a whole other concept album. These guys are really into that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's I didn't basically know that. what all their albums are, concept albums. That's really cool. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. A, lot of st- a lot of this was over my head, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, trying to, like, figure out what they are like trying to get at with their songs and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nothing sometimes like stuff just sounds cool together right um yeah and if you partake in um mind expanding substances um maybe those people feel differently about the album you know oh yeah can you imagine like (laughs) listening to that yeah um, i plead the fifth okay (laughs) but 
yeah, great, great stuff. I um, agree. I, I liked it. I thought it was really nice. And I'm glad we're doing this podcast because normally I don't listen to really a whole album. I don't ever, mm-hmm. actually, I can't even remember the last time before starting this, I sat mm-hmm. down and listened to an album from start to finish. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So it's really cool for mm-hmm. me to like learn more about how like stuff gets put together. Yeah. And also, too, how much time and thought it takes to put certain tracks in a certain album. I'm sure there's some people who just throw it on there and don't care, but right. I feel like so far a lot of the people we've listened to, mm-hmm. there's been a point yeah. to where the songs are on the album. Absolutely. And some albums uh, may not be that way, but I could talk for hours about this because that's that's what makes me so mad about the singles culture. Yeah. Like by the song for 99 cents, you get the song. But that song is taken out of context most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, these songs don't really stand alone, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Are they good? Yeah, but there's more to it. And that's the thing. Now that I listen to the whole album, mm-hmm. this, this song makes so much more yeah. sense to me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, there's like a whole other like, yeah. story that went with this. Yeah, yeah. And some of... Uh, some of band's best songs are b-sides or um rarities that weren't put on them put on an album due to time restraints or um the record label didn't like them or it just didn't fit but um i've heard some of the best songs um that weren't on albums or mm-hmm. on b-sides that people don't normally listen to so um yeah sometimes it, it it's better just to take a deep dive and really get into something but yeah anyway I'm, yeah I'm th- thanks for putting effort into it uh I, like I said, I know it's not for everyone, and sometimes it's even tough for me to listen to, but uh, we got through it, and it's a very interesting story. It is. It's it's very cool. Um, reading the lyrics, mm-hmm. it's funny, too, now that I'm like actually reading lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, I've been saying this wrong for literal years, yeah. and now I know what they're actually saying. Yeah, it's, it's, fu- it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's that, and uh, you know, um, next episode we're going to talk about the other... Uh, part of the band that split up and formed um, Sparta, and they have an ist- a couple interesting albums as well. And um, we're going to talk about the first album they did. So, anyway, for that's that's all for today. So, thank you.